Der deutsche Spargelkult müsse enden. Germany's beleaguered defense minister has temporarily dropped his PhD. Volkswagen ist eine Perle der deutschen Industrie. Und ich glaube, das kann man nicht sagen. Ich weiß, wie viel Liebe dahinter steckt. Wenn Glühweinstände aufgebaut werden, wenn Waffen. Spargelweltmeister ist China, denn die bauen 60 Mal mehr. Hi, it's Misha. Hey, it's Nathan. Hi, it's Isaac. And this is Ted, and welcome to Spaßbremse. You might have guessed based on the voice you heard what time of year it is. Back by popular demand from a year ago, our very special Christmas market scandals episode. Because it's almost Christmas again, so we've got we've got our Glühwein, we've got our big grates of bratwurst, we've got those... those <laughs> do you have a big grate of bratwurst? What? I do not. I don't have I, a yeah, I got a, I got a huge. I got a huge one here. I'm grilling up all weird weird colors <laughs> it it's christmas market time and like i said uh what's now a spasbrems a tradition having nathan back on to talk more christmas market scandals hello thank you for having me <laughs> it also means i've had to subscribe to a bunch of german local newspapers to like did you do it again I, I only did the ones where they were like, you can cancel in three clicks. So I, I hope, because I, I was in a seven-month fight with the Rheinische Post uh, last year that I like, only got resolved in like, in like yeah, July or August. Um, they gave me my money back, but it was quite a battle. So hopefully I won't have any debt to German local newspapers. Because they actually have local journalism still in this country, so you can actually read about like, small-scale corruption in small uh, villages. How annoying. Like, Sachsen or whatever. Yeah. I mean, are we sure you weren't their only subscriber, though? <laughs> yeah, that's why they were going so hard, is because you were their only source of income. They held on I to just, you. <laughs> I th well, yeah, like, I'm, I'm sure they have a lot of sources of income. They're just, like, dead people's bank accounts that they just keep yeah. drawing from. <laughs> I think I'm the only person, probably, that subscribed to, like, the, the Eisenach whatever post and like also was sending emails to try to cancel they're like wait right, no, no right. one no one in our entire village has email what are you talking about <laughs> so so last year we we framed we we went through 12 christmas market scandals uh, we framed that as the 12 days of christmas market scandals but there's so many more that we wanted to cover so we're like okay well 12 12's not enough so what what has more than that uh, an advent calendar has 24 so we're going to add another six this year and bring six next year for a total of 24. So instead of thinking of these as the days of Christmas market scandals, think of them as the little the little tuition that you open with the little treat in it. So That's a lot last year we had yeah. 1 through 12 and this year we'll have 13 through 18. 18? I think that that counting is correct. So think about it this way. Me. Go back and listen so. to those if you haven't already because, you know, you, you want to be caught up on the plot of all the of all the sorted affairs at uh, German Christmas markets. But are you guys ready for, for a few more? Yes. I think Has so. anyone been to Christmas markets this year? How are they doing? I've been to so many. Like last year, I think when we did this, I had, it was my first Christmas in Germany and I'd only been to like one or two. This year, my mom is visiting me from Canada. So like all I've been doing with her is going to Christmas markets. Like it's, I'm, I'm all glühweined out, but I am also drinking another glühwein. Well. <laughs> so I'm not. <laughs> Tale as old as time, I would say, with the glue vined out. Um. <laughs> I mean, normally that's the case by like the 6th of December, and we're recording this on the 21st. I'm back in the U.S. at this point, so I'm having a, I'm having a very early afternoon Christmas beer because I couldn't find any glue vine. But um, I'm glad you guys are having some glue vine in Berlin. And clementines. Clementines feel more Christmassy to me than... Don't give me that look. I no, I completely agree. Clementines yeah. are the most crisp. When you hit that peel and the like dust juice, the clementine dust juice gets all over you, that to me is the most Christmas mm. moment. Michelle, you're talking to three millennial men. I don't think you need to sell <laughs> clementines to us. They are a major food group for about half a year. <laughs> is clementine a millennial thing? I don't think I... I think it's a man thing. What? Okay. I think this is a different conversation. This is... I'm saying that I think Christmas it also theme. is kind of a millennial thing because one of those weird things that you don't realize is that like they just didn't have that much like citrus around not very long ago. Like my mom was saying they would like order a, a box of oranges for Christmas in like the 50s and 60s. So it's Christmassy um, confirmed. I mean, yeah, where did the scurvy confirmed Christmassy? But the idea that you could just go get like crates of them and crates of them and 
and as Nathan sort of alluded to, as a uh, as a degenerate man who isn't doesn't cook enough food for themselves, just eat thirteen of them in one sitting in lieu of a meal. I feel like that is a relatively recent thing. Oh, is that is that the man thing? That yeah, men just will eat clementines for dinner. Men just want one thing, and it's a bag full of clementines <laughs> for three meals a day. I don't know why this is gendered. I think women also love clementines. I mean. We don't have to get too much into it. We have scandals <laughs> to talk about. But <laughs> yeah, what what's been happening on the? Or wait, no, we were talking about Christmas markets. Christmas How's your markets. Christmas market experience this year? Um, I've been to one and it was great. It was nice. I had I had a an apple punch, like a like a non alcoholic, but like warm. They don't call it cider. They call it punch. But it was good. red Gluvine is, I think, the worst of the Christmas market drink. Except that Foya uh, Foya Tang and Bull. Yeah, that, that, that that's terrible. That's too weird. sweet. But the red Gluvine, I think, is the worst. the The white Gluvine is better, and then better than that, I think, is just alcoholic apple cider. I do not agree that the white Gluvine is better. I really, I really agree. Controversial. Really? I also like white sangria, though. So maybe okay. it's just mm. I don't know. Lost the taste. To me, like white wine is just like not a winter beverage. But it's, it's like, warm, Isaac. <laughs> Weiss und Heiss. I went to the uh, I went to the queer Christmas market in Schöneberg, and they had like rosé Glühwein, which I didn't try. Yes. But I <laughs> okay, that does sound very questionable. On <laughs> That's hilarious. I want to try that. Yeah, we should go. Rosé Glühwein. We what only is... have a couple more days. Oh yeah, things are winding down. We're coming at you late. With this one, yeah, I've got a lot of work to do. Well, we we missed some scandals from last year because we recorded it a little bit before. So there was one, we won't include it in the official list, but there was some pretty scandalous stuff Um, in Austria, for example. Unvaccinated people were going to the Christmas markets and partying outside because they weren't allowed to go to bars. So all, so basically, it was a way to get around the vaccination requirements. Because wait, did last year we missed we missed that because we recorded. We recorded before the scandal broke, so it's a bit. We're, we're like catching more stuff this year. I think. Did good. they check vaccine certificates last year at Christmas markets? I think last Christmas. Hmm. That is like I don't think they did last Christmas. This was right? a, this was an Austrian scandal, but so I mean, I just mean timing stuff. wise. Like to me, that seems. They were definitely checking like vaccination stuff around yeah. Christmas last year. Yeah, because that was when the pandemic of the unvaccinated. That was October of twenty twenty one. Right, right. Across Germany and Austria. Wow, Mm. that seems like so long ago. I promise we wouldn't talk about. We wouldn't talk about. That's okay. That's why I didn't. That's why I didn't include that in my main list. I just wanted to, you know. There's important stuff going on, so we want to get that all. And on the 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 crisis, the crisis of the year this year is, of course, um, being cold. How's the how's the weather there? Are you guys cold? It's so it's warm amazing. here. It's like eight okay. Degrees. I would not call this warm. I was you two, my dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I feel like I'm talking to the most. Does that make you cold blooded? If you if you're insensitive to cold. No, then we'd shut down. Okay. Well, I think your temperature regulation is not normal, <laughs> and and I feel like I should speak for the people and say that it's cold outside. But it's unseasonably warm. Like okay, it's eight degrees it's outside in Berlin. Outside. Okay, it was like it was like well below freezing for a while. <laughs> that that was just a that was just a boring segue. I don't actually want to argue about the weather. Um, I say this because in in Zudturingen.de, one of those nice. one of that that rich tapestry of local journalism in Germany, in Eisenach, Despite the energy crisis, the Christmas market is continuing without restrictions. Oh. Are they mad about, like, so the, the Christmas lights? I think, yeah, there's some of that um, and they because they're, they're trying to increase energy savings. Like, I've seen a lot of them try to do it with about a quarter of the power they used in previous years. But they're taking a stand here. Uh, this is Mayor of Eisenach, uh, Katja Wolf. She says, where war, inflation, and energy crisis burden people, the beautiful experiences and moments should not be neglected. Visiting the Christmas market with family and friends is such an experience. So... I agree, They they seem a bit rogue. You know, they decided to have one last year, despite the rise in corona infections. Uh, But then they had to close it because Turingia blamed the Christmas markets for spreading it. 
Uh, and yeah, they they're they're going through. So we've got some we've got some people standing up. You know, whether it helps Putin or not, they're celebrating Christmas. So That's I don't know how we feel about you. Eisenach. Are we I'm standing up for the people? Glühwein. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm. Do you not agree? Like no, I agree I with no, them. I, I think that the trickle down effects of like Christmas markets are so nice that I think they actually lift everybody's spirits one could say I mean here's a question though when you guys talk to people who haven't lived in Germany you try to explain the kind of concept or the cultural phenomenon of Weihnachtsmarkt and how do you do it because I feel like it's not just the wine it's not just the environment I think there's for example a reason that in one of Merkel's last speeches she did kind of Go off about, like, mm. yes, we open the bakeries. Yes, we've got mold wine. Mm. Yes, you can buy a waffle. Do not. You will kill your grandmother. To think yeah, about, like, the that, we, we clipped that speech in our intro, actually. it's a, That's Spassbrem's lore. is saying, yeah, like, if you go out and drink Glühwein, you're going to murder everybody. It's, yeah. like, wild. Glühwein <laughs> schenda Like, yeah. I think, but I think it has to do also with the way that Advent is celebrated. I forget who was tweeting about this, but somebody was saying that it's less stressful to have Christmas time in Germany because you have this like longer period of um, festiveness, festivities. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's true because it is just like a season and it's a when it's like super freaking dark out, you go to the Christmas market and you like experience community. So that's why I'm not mad at them for lighting up the decorations. <laughs> and not I'm sorry, but 20 trying to reach 25% of energy from that the That was just where I saw it elsewhere. I don't know what they're oh, okay. there was some but goal that's here, ridiculous. but that's like I would also just be interested in knowing like other Christmas markets like how much are they reducing their energy? Like maybe they're not like taking like a principled political stand about it but like i just feel like i haven't like there's still expensive yeah there's still a lot it's also very like like, politics like with that with the like both d linka and afd quite strong in that region who are the two parties that are sort of most skeptical of like trying to cut energy expenditures a lot in order to punish russia so i feel like it's sort of playing to the home crowd there a bit that makes sense but I hope everybody enjoys their lights. You know, I hope I hope Putin has bad Christmas. I hope. Uh, I hope. Is that where the energy goes? Do you think? Give him what he wants. Where what? And for like a Vinoc mark, do you think the energy goes to the lights? Because I'm sure they're all LEDs by now. Or does it go to like deep fat frying, like seven? I was thinking like heating, heating, heating warm. Glühwein constantly for <laughs> yeah. hours in like below freezing temperatures must use a lot of gas, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the lights are just the symbolic part, I guess, of like. Shut I'm waiting for like a bear box speech to tell everyone to like drink cold glue vine in order to oh defend God. democracy. I mean, they're already at the point. Did you see this? This is tangential, but um, that they're asking people to share medication because there are a lot of like supply chain issues with certain medicines, especially uh, Febazaf, so like fever reducing um, syrup, like for kids who are. Fevering, right? Like, yeah, they asked, they literally on Tagesschau like announced saying, Hey, we need everybody to be um, solidarish, like act in solidarity and share medications with your neighbors. Also, consider using expired medication. And this is like the overall, um, the overall like organization of doctors in Germany asking people to do this. I guess and then Karl defense. Lauterbach, the health minister, was like, well, the problem is actually is medication's too affordable in Germany. We need to raise the prices so companies want to sell it here more. What a dweeb. Most... I'm sorry, but that man. <laughs> yeah, so so there you go. got to let the... I didn't realize he was in the CDU before he joined the SVD, which makes a lot of sense. But uh, yeah, it's not, it's not great. I mean, as all four, you know, North Americans here, I feel like all moving to Germany, you know, you normally... At least for me, you move, you feel like you're living in a little more sophisticated context than you used to. You kind of talk to your friends back home. You're like, oh, yeah, you know, we've got trains here. Like stuff actually works. I'm in an actual, <laughs> I'm in an actual man. country. <laughs> and I normally feel like I sort of have a better like quality of life and a better setup. 
But then this winter, it's just like, oh yeah, um, no one can afford to turn the radiator on, and uh, they've run out of ibuprofen. And I'm like, wait, wait, what? Like, <laughs> yeah. Or were you gonna say anything? I was just gonna say. I mean, at least it's Germany. So when they say we need to share expired medication, it's not like, I don't know, it's not gonna thin out our blood. It's probably just like seventeen types of teas for different headaches. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like if you don't have the exact type of tea that's called for for your current ailment, that your neighbor might lend you like one single tea bag for every day. Like they'll like ration you out and give you like. <laughs> a tea bag for while you're sick. Exactly. That's beautiful. That's the power of community. I will say, actually, anytime that I want to give someone like a real shock about Germany, like, ooh, surprise, uh, I tell them about how much aspirin costs. Yeah. And they lose their fucking minds. Yeah. Well, I almost tweeted out like as a joke, and then I didn't know how jokey it would come off. That like I have a lot of ibuprofen if people need it. Like like I like took a screenshot of the Tagesschau thing and I almost <laughs> tweeted, "Hey, like." Because you smuggle it in from the United States. Smuggling <laughs> is not the word that I would use, whatsoever. But um, it's just a Costco-sized bottle of Advil, Advil liquid gels. Like it's just it's nicer than the German stuff. I it is nicer. Wrong. I don't think you need to cut that. I don't know. Well, it's also like much stronger, right? Like isn't like this even like the extra strong stuff you get at the apotheca here? Like is like quite weak compared and to like the And it's bad North for your stomach. Like I've taken no. German ibuprofen. I'm sorry, it doesn't need to be like the size of like my thumb. And it They're 400 milligrams though. They they actually that's why I think they're so weird about it. That they, they they do pack a punch. I believe. They do pack a punch. They do, right. but I mean but I mean we... also like they don't go down easy. No, Anyways, I think it's kind of a, I think there's like a, a belief. I think there's a belief here that like if you had those like coded tablets that are good for your stomach, it would like incentivize you to take more medicine and it should kind of like hurt and be uncomfortable to swallow to like discourage you from taking medication because there's something sort of inherently like immoral or wrong about taking taking that. So I, I feel like they deliberately make it unpleasant. That's just totally me making that up, but I think it's true. I think that makes sense. Okay, before we just degenerate into, like, awful Berlin expat Twitter posting, should we move on to number, this would be now, you're scanning your little advent calendar, you're looking, you're looking, number 14. <laughs> this numbering system is... Like, <laughs> I'm well, we're building on the 12 from last year. No, 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 I got so, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I threw away my advent calendar this year. Well, I had two. I have a tea one going that I'm very behind on. I have like 20 teas to drink. And then that's not even possible. It's only day 21. I have like 15 teas to drink. And then... Michelle, you have to be solidarish. You should tell all your neighbors that you have extra medicine. (laughs) That's true. And I... But I also had a chocolate one. But it tasted so bad that I just threw it out after like five days. Was it a vegan chocolate one? It was a vegan chocolate one. And they just... They were awful. Yeah. They did have very nice shapes, but to me, the shape, it, it's the same chocolate in each one, which are all advent calendars like that. I can't no, remember. I feel like it's supposed to be different kinds of. Like, different kinds of chocolate? No, but like one day you get a star, one day you get a Christmas tree, one but day you get a But that's the shape. Date. That's what I mean. And, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. I, and I was appreciating the, the variety of shapes. Yeah. Great shapes. You know, you had a shooting star, you had yeah. like a little Nicholas, like very creative, reindeer, crazy different shapes. Yeah. But the chocolate itself was always the um, same bland with like that milky. Like a residue. Re- like the uh, Velveeta chocolate. E- exactly. And really. then a vegan aftertaste. Okay. Well, anyways. <laughs> ah, well, we've got, we've got something a little tastier for you in this little door. It's uh, the receipt obligation. The receipt obligation. Mm, mm. Tasty. <laughs> yeah. So this is in sight. This is from 2020. But... It ties into the whole Christmas market thing because, as anyone who's been to the Christmas markets would notice, um, there's no real tabulation of anything there. They just pour you a glue vine, you give them cash. There's no one writes it down. There's no like you don't. They don't type it into anything. Um, it's just, it's just kind of. There's no way it's all recorded. Like it's in terms of revenue. Like it's it would be it'd be pretty hard to believe. Um, they also point out in this article, like in corner pubs, things like that, where they just kind of chalk it on like the back of a, a coaster or something like that. You know, there's not, the stuff is not often reported to the Finanzamt. So basically they're trying to 
add a like added into the tax code um, the the Kassengesetz. The issue is that this is this is applicable for a lot of things, but it's not always applicable at all of the Christmas markets. So they're not actually going to this this like gazettes that they put into place a couple of years ago still doesn't actually affect the Christmas markets, which do the total revenue from German Christmas markets is over five billion each year. So I this is a huge it. amount yeah. of money and a lot of that just does not get seen by the tax office whatsoever. So this is um, they're they're trying to crack down on on tax evasion. Well, you know who came up quite a bit last year. Ted, you know whose job it is to be cracking down on money laundering. Gedvesha. <laughs> it's our favorite, Christian Lindner. Like Ooh, he got in trouble yeah. recently because the guy that he appointed for the like, you know, the division of laundering of money laundering of preventing money laundering sorry <laughs> you never know um, um he actually stepped down like citing for personal reasons but everybody who commented on it was like oh good that he stepped down because he like they have such a backlog of like suspected cases it's a whole it's a scandal one one might say mm. and it's christian Lindner's fault and I say let them launder the money. I have a I have a note on him, but yeah, this, the Christmas the market specifically. Kind of, the I think funny. let them. <laughs> sorry, uh, let let the glue vine stands make a little bit of money. I don't know. Who cares? Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> So this is they have a funny line <laughs> they, in here. They, they say um, when they when they passed an, when they passed an earlier law about this, they say in 2016 bakers suddenly became environmentalists and complained about mountains of paper waste, which I thought was pretty funny. That uh, all of a sudden these like fairly conservative German businesses are, are trying to save the trees just because they don't actually want to have to print out receipts and, and report what they're selling. Wait, because so for for context, this 2020 law like required any kind of like business, like a, even like a spetti, like a bakery, anything to like give you a receipt if you requested it, right? Or Is at that... least to type it into a cash register, okay. yeah, which often yeah. would then print out like a small receipt. And right. so what they'll do, the businesses will say, oh, it weighs so much paper, we can't really do this. Um, but obviously like most of the long receipts are just because they have like barcodes and um, and Coupons. logos and stuff like that. So it's it's sort of a fake a fake defense of this. I feel like the end result of all of this is just going to be like that kind of, you know, like pre-pandemic when you went to like the high-end music festivals, they would be like, oh, we don't accept cash. You had to get like a little wristband or something and load that with cash. I am, imagine, imagine a Weihnachtmarkt under like Lindner's mm. jurisdiction. It's going to be like PayPal, but like pay Lindner. That's app. his dream to yeah. have like the little tap bracelet. No, it's gonna be. It's not gonna be PayPal because you can trace that. It's gonna be the digital euro. So it'll be like the. It'll be like digital, but have the anonymity of crypto. That's the Lindner dream, where it's oh, online, God. but you can still do crime with it. So all the fun of Chuck E. Cheese is without the games. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're still at exactly. a Christmas market in the end. Fam. So yeah, basically, basically they they tried to make this apply to everyone and there was a lot of opposition. So the rule went in that if you didn't already use a cash register, you didn't have to start doing it. But if you did, then you have to print it out. So that's, um, that's where Christmas markets still end up kind of dodging this regulation. Oh, they got grandfathered yeah. in. Cause like Altmaier, um, cause this would have been then when Schultz was finance minister, but Altmaier, this is Merkel Groco era. But Altmaier of the CDU was the economics minister, and then he tried to stop this at the last, at the last minute. Again, very funny that he apparently sent Schultz a letter saying, "Oh, this like the paper, the the thermal printing on the the paper is so damaging for the environment. We really can't do this," which is a, a very funny thing for a That's CDU hilarious. person to yeah. say. I still can't believe the Weinach marks are like a five billion euro industry. Like that seems like some. That seems like some uh, humanities math. I mean, they're extravagant. Like, <laughs> you do kind of wonder where they go when they're not set up. Like, they, ha they have invested so much money into, like, the decor. But how often it's do they update it? I don't know. Yeah. Four, like, that four feels... euros a pop for a glue vine that you can't measure at all. That doesn't get written down. Like, and they're open for about a month at least. 
and there's thousands of them and people drink thousands of these every night, you know, like, I mean, it's obviously the, the, the reason they said three to five billion uh, three years ago. So probably five plus nowadays. Mm. But I guess the point is that they don't know exactly. But you can imagine this being an insane amount of money. And like like any of these people pay taxes or, or any I, significant taxes. I don't so, think we should slander yeah, the... Lindner, the <laughs> in, more, in more recent news, Christian Lindner... He has been opposing an EU regulation that would put an upper limit on cash transactions of 10,000 euros. So this is this is what we're talking about. You know, we're not. Um, I guess Michelle is, is now is pro money laundering, which is which is news. But I was um, joking. That's a, that's a great opinion. More power to our. <laughs> but I think it's one thing to to do that with a four euro glue vine, and the the dedication to cash in this country is such that the finance minister doesn't want a cash limit, a cash transaction limit of 10,000 euros. So he's not going to agree to that. But because of how EU voting works, it'll probably go through anyway. But he's just sort of making a show. And then like it gets written up in Welt and Handelsblatt and all these types of papers. Um, so he's not uh, he's not supporting that. But this is this is the true dedication to to cash. 10,000 euros. Do people actually transact in that amount of cash. I mean, and that's the limit they want to impose. As of now, you can transact more than that. No, I, I know. It like just how seems. Many are, yeah, yeah to, I cannot think of a situation where. I mean, I bought a washing machine and it was. That was. And weird it was 10,000 like euros. 400. 400 in cash felt like a lot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to be fair, when I pay my taxes, I do. I did have to go to the bank and up my daily transfer limit. To ten thousand, no, to three thousand euros. <laughs> but mostly but because I kept on the cash and like the American colloquial remind sense. me to transfer a thousand euros to the finance armed. Yeah. And I tried to do that three days in a row, but I missed it every time, and then my taxes were overdue. Oh God! Yeah, that's. You don't want to be delayed to your finance armed no. obligations. So that that's crazy. It starts with the glue vine and it ends in. Uh, suitcases of money at the European Parliament vice president so are you guys ready for number 15 I think so do it doing these is like is like doing German time on everything where it's like you just add it's like oh this is number three uh, okay add 12 it's 15 o'clock wow is that, is that great yeah there's so much mouth today <laughs> yeah. I'm not so another we're, we're staying we're staying in the news um, as everybody knows there's a massive crime wave and uh, everything is turning into absolute chaos and uh, it's extremely scary out there especially in those urban hell holes like Berlin um, we're talking about a different type of hell hole we have Nita Zax in here but crime wave how, how have you guys been impacted by the crime wave well I noticed in my uh, office at work and I work on like a university campus in like suburban Berlin there are signs everywhere warning people of pickpockets in the office building which I think is so bizarre because I'm like who is coming to Dalam to pickpocket the like university workers to be fair all of my, all of the mailboxes in my building in Berlin just got broken into and I've, all the oh, mail yeah, I heard about this. so I, mean, I guess I am a victim bad. of a crime wave <laughs> um, even as I dismiss everyone that thinks it's real it, um, it happened to me so that's what you get for being a, a hypocritical lib that doesn't take law and order seriously. Ted, I, <laughs> Ted, I, <laughs> Ted, I told my colleagues about that because you texted me about it and I, and I was in like a große Runde with all my colleagues. And they, like, I thought since they were, how do I say this in a nice way? So German, that they would like be very nervous about like the brief, like about like missing your mail. And they were just like, oh, if it's important, they'll send it again. And they were like, just take a picture of the broken like thing. And if somebody like sends you a second notice because you missed the first notice for something and it was important enough that you can just send them the picture of the broken thing and explain. Mm, that's a good idea. So I'll, I'll ask if anyone has done that. Yeah. So on the topic of crime waves. Um, this is more in, in Isaac's uh, Isaac's alley. Um, pickpockets on the way to the Christmas markets. Police give tips. This is the Landeskriminalamt in Niedersachsen. So apparently, um, according to police crime statistics, a total of 5,688 pickpockets were reported 
in Lower Saxony in 2018, the, the sort of last year we've got the data for before COVID, um, resulting in a loss of about 1.7 million euros. They don't really say how what? many of those were. I don't. They don't say all of those were from Christmas markets, but apparently, uh, it's a big deal. And it's it's just so funny in in Germany because you know as we were talking about before, you need cash for everything. Everything is cash, cash, cash at Christmas markets. And then they say their first thing is always carry only as much cash as you need. And so it's like, you, you got to be worried about having the cash on you, but you got to have the cash on you. So yeah. it's, it's a little bit stressful because how many glue vans are you going to have? You don't know. Well, okay. You said 5,000, how many? 5,700? Okay. That's yeah. Like, 5,688 just in Nita Zaxen. And then, so then the, with 1.7 million, so that's like almost 300 euros stolen per pickpocket. That seems like a lot. I think including people who take a bag, for example, with like a phone, an iPad, etc. Yeah. Well, I guess it's maybe also it's not just like cash that's being calculated. It's like yeah, yeah. It's, it's I thought I thought you were a humanities guy. I was like, how are you doing mental math? Like I'm that? on my. I'm not doing mental math. I'm on my laptop googling. <laughs> he has the Google calculator out. <laughs> okay, you, you should have rolled with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I have been affected by the recent crime wave in Germany. Uh, in that I've had to stop using my go-to icebreaker, which was going up to whoever I want to talk to at a party and saying, who do you think in this room is probably the easiest to pickpocket? I feel like it's just like a little too sus. <laughs> Wait, that's such a good icebreaker. <laughs> it's a strong one. It's a strong ice pick. Like you're really hacking away. Who in this room would be most easy to pickpocket? Uh, including Ted. Um, I'm in like one of those American neighborhoods where people are really weird and like prideful about leaving their doors unlocked. So um, you don't need to pickpocket. Just just rob the whole place. I like touch all my important objects at all times. I'm yeah. not easy to. Also, I like. Are you a, always are you think... a wallet, phone, keys, triple tap? I feel like that's also male tendencies. Yeah. Um, I mean, I check that I have all of my belongings before I leave an, a location and go to a new location. So here's another funny part about this, which is like the, the bizarre. That is such a. <laughs> okay, well, uh, you have all your important things. For context, Michelle has turned away from her. And Michelle. Okay, okay, okay we'll go back. And Michelle, if you're having all your important things in Germany, what's the most important kind of card that you always need to make sure you have with you? My it's a Karte. Natürlich. Um. Also, my so it's very, very Ausweis. weird because apparently to report the loss of an EC card, this is according to the Landeskriminalamt of Niedersachsen, um, you must report the card. You can't like, you know, like the US or, or whatever you call like your credit card gets stolen, you just call the bank and they issue a new one. But because the EC card has just your direct like bank account number on it, you can't have it blocked. You have to report it to the police. So any use of it then triggers something. So you have to have the exact number and then call the police. This is like a PSA, actually. I didn't even know this. Um, you have to have the number and then call the police and then it'll get rejected when they try to use it. So this leads me to a link in this page, which is a brochure, like a little nice trifold brochure called Schlauer gegen Klauer, like be clever against the thieves. And so they suggest in order to protect your credit card and debit card information, they suggest writing it down inside of this brochure. They have a little area to do it. So in order to keep your data safe, you need to write it down physically. So when it gets stolen, you can then call them to read your exact number to say it's been stolen. So you create a duplicate area where your numbers are. So those could also be stolen. It seems like a very roundabout way to create security. Well, we were talking about this before we started recording because we we're speaking a little bit a little bit about bullet journals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I do write my passwords down, but they're in a drawer at my home. Which one? <laughs> I'm not the easiest to steal from you guys. I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, I, I've got them all in a folder inside my mailbox, so I hope that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that, like, in Germany, have you ever had your card blocked just completely unannounced? Mm, it does get mad at me sometimes, like, when I use it too much. And yeah. then it just makes you put your pin in a bunch of times. 
They, you can only tap it. It happens after ten times each month. Oh, maybe that's because I had to do it's, that earlier. It's literally today like, after ten I... times each month. Oh. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, uh, protect yourself against against crime. Like you, you must have cash, but don't have too much cash. And you uh, also need this type of card, but uh, you can't actually block the card if it gets stolen, I, except by calling the police, which I guarantee is not very easy. I just went fun. and checked because, like, I had seen on my banking app that there's a little, like, icon that says you can lock your card. And so I thought, oh, maybe this information is wrong about locking your card that you were just talking about. And then I went to it, and it's just a phone number. Oh. So you're right. Oh. You cannot just lock it on the end, but they make the, it like, seem Nita like Zox you can. And police and then... <laughs> to get your card blocked, they'd be like, they'd have like opening hours like from like eleven to one on like Tuesdays only or something. They did that to me last summer, right? Where like my card stopped working. I was trying to get lunch with a friend, and it wouldn't work, so I had to use another card. Also, didn't work. Ended up calling my bank. And they were like, well, what were the last five charges? And it was the weekend my friend got married. So I'd gone to like three hotel bars, got really, really drunk, and ended up just doing like loads of vodka shots until five in the morning. When I called the bank, they were like, yeah, um, we've just put an automatic lock. Our algorithm detected some unusual spending behavior. And I was like, I had fun. <laughs> Fuck you. Oh my God. They're on If it's you. the repeat charges that get you, yeah, mm. that's always... Then you feel like a real degenerate. They'll send you an email. Be like, did you uh, really buy uh, five charges, like five exact charges mm. um, at 15 minute intervals at this pub on Friday night? And you're like, uh, yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> oh, I get it. So they're suspicious of people. just. Like, yeah, I think that like you. that. Was yeah. Got it, it. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. So let's we're going to move on now. To I've, I've grouped a couple thematically here because there's these overarching issues at German Christmas markets. Um, the first one we'll talk about is the corrupt allocation of market stalls, which we, we touched on last year. I did. I thought it was, okay, maybe that's a one-off issue in, in whatever podunk town. It's a core issue. But, and Krefeld. And I remember us Krefeld, talking about Krefeld. Because I met it. someone recently from Krefeld and I was like, did you know about your Christmas markets? <laughs> and they were they? No, they were like, no. what are you talking about? <laughs> Like you seem like <laughs> a crazy. This is the decline <laughs> of local journalism. We need people to buy the Krefeld Zeitung or whatever. <laughs> so here we go. We've got one from Welt Ratia Rathaus um, talking about corruption at the Christmas markets in Hamlin, which I don't actually know where that is. But the Pied Piper of Hamlin, right? It's like near that's Hanover. The that's like the famous, like the Pied Piper is the Pied Piper of Hamlin. That's where that story comes from. Oh, well, is I it? hope he's not in on this. <laughs> Wait, they had 80 police people and yeah. four state lawyers <laughs> going against. For the corrupt allocation of Christmas market wow. stalls. I mean, that's a lot of resources for this kind of thing. Um, yeah. So, they, you know, of course, they deny the allegations. This was a while ago. This is 2010. But it's an ongoing issue. So this has been in Krefeld. This has been in Hamlin. Just to show you, this is a recurring problem in Germany. And, um, yeah, Krefeld war kein Einzelfall. That's, uh, we need to rally around that slogan. I, I don't think we should. <laughs> Counterpoint, no. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, 80 points. So... Going going down south, south of the border. What border? It's also an issue in the German oh. Austria. Border. Oh, I always forget about that thing. one. That one to me is very uh, wishy-washy. So we've got actually this is all this year. This is this is breaking news, oh. um, which seems very Austrian vibes. That there's like multiple articles written about about uh, the the Christmas market there and the the corrupt allocation of market stalls there. So. There's one in the uh, Salzburger Nachrichten, and then there's one in OE24. Um, so it's gotten really competitive, basically. People are mad. Only 100 out of 360 applicants got a stand at the Christmas market this year. So people are livid. Uh, they reduced it from 150 to 100 available places because they want to make it more child-friendly. But all these... I didn't actually know it was like competitive to get 
I, I guess it makes sense if like there's so many corruptions around the the like allocation of it. But I didn't know that like there's people chomping at the bit to be able to be at a Christmas market and they're like not guaranteed a place. That's a three to so five. So it does seem like that would be yeah. ripe for corruption. Yeah, I mean, you kind of wonder if it's just the legacy families with the bratwurst stall. Yeah, but it sounds like this classic gentrification store. Um, for example, they explained to the newspaper that, quote, now the long-established stall holders who built up this market are being pushed out. Livelihoods are destroyed. The market becomes a pure fair where only the large companies get to compete instead of the small businesses. So um, that that neighborhood dynamic we're so familiar with in Berlin is, is being played out in the, the Christmas market. In the villages the all well. across Germany yeah. and Austria. Austria. So all that, all that, all those charming little light stands and all that stuff is like they probably had to had to grease some palms with that bratwurst fat to, to get in there. Gross. If that you were allocating, that was a strained analogy. I'm sorry. No, if you were allocating good. Christmas market stands, how would you do it? A lottery. Wow. Um, or no, no, no. What, whoever I, I got it. Whoever has the most beautiful one. Like, you know how the, they have, like, wooden and sometimes they're carved and it's like, do they put a wreath up there? Do they have lights? But and how would you know when it's just in the bidding stage? Show me a fucking picture. I need to see the proposal. I need to see what your stand is going to look like and I need to see if it's going to fit the vibe. But wouldn't that then just, like, wouldn't that just then favor the large companies because they could hire no, like a no, no, no. graphic Obviously design firm to do for... a beautiful mock-up of no, what their stall would look like. And no, the no mock-ups. mom and pop stands no could have something that's beautiful. No, I want to see the real thing. Maybe you could go in person to control the the carvings and like see the old ones. You know? But go? if you're not in the stand yet because you haven't been allocated the stand, how do you show a picture of what no, it would no, look no, like? They bring the, the stand. The stand is not... They get the genehmigung, like they get the allowance to have a stand but you bring the stand as a but wouldn't the like large no there's two different problems there's the provider the... of the stands themselves the one who actually builds them but all the stands are there's they're standardized it's not like everybody brings their own hut like that they all look the same so there's a hut provider and then they and then they do bids on each individual hut so these are two different processes okay i was picturing in my christmas market world that everybody would just design their own hut and we could have like a nice little collection of beautiful huts. And that's how oh, I would So we'd have a mismatch of huts. You know they wouldn't stand for that. Okay, no slight mismatch, but... <laughs> I would do it like the Hunger Games. Yeah. <laughs> okay, another approach, yes. 100 guns on the table, 360 people run to them, see what happens. <laughs> I mean... Either way, you're coming. They're, they're to always a selling all that weird medieval stuff and those like wooden swords. Like, let's let's see it. Let's just like yeah. It doesn't have to be. It can be a crossbow. Yeah. Some of them do have crossbows. That's yeah. I would definitely want to be armed with that. Like Jousting I will sell. I will sell my Handbrot this year. I mean, it it seems like just a license to print money if you can get one of these things. Like, you sell like a piece of bread with some crock on it for like eight euros, just hundreds of times a day. Insane. Hmm. It is the weird social dynamic of Christmas markets, too, is that as soon as something doesn't have a line, you're like, okay, well, I wanted the fried potatoes. I guess I could settle for a raw carrot. <laughs> I am not settling for a raw carrot at the Christmas market. This is market. why I don't go to Christmas markets. I'm very bad at that. <laughs> See, I would, like, if I ran one of the stalls, I would do it like, you know, like they say the clubs do, right? Where you're like, okay, not actually very many people want my food, but I'm going to maintain a little bit of a line and just cook it really slowly to give the illusion that this is like an exclusive bratwurst. There you go. See, that's... that's I do think that's one of the best that's, that's big. That's big business brain thinking, yeah. What's the best part? The best part of Christmas markets are obviously this like weird medieval torture devices that they use to cook the yeah. bratwurst. Yeah, that's which is kind of this like swinging tray that looks like you could probably like easily hurt someone with, but Definitely. instead they're used to cook seven thousand sausages. It's amazing, <laughs> amazing. So we've got corruption. Should we move on to Nazis? Two of our <laughs> most recurring themes in German Checking politics. Them off the list. Day got seventeen, it. right? Uh, yes, we are now on, that's correct, 17, 
Scanning it. Oh, it's got it's one of those big. It's a it's a really big door. It's got it's got a lot of it's got a lot of stuff in there. You think this is a big big piece of delicious chocolate? Nope. It's just four different articles about Nazis and Christmas markets. Four different. Oh my goodness. So there's one that's um, it's not actually a, a direct scandal. We'll link to it. Um, it's like we'll we'll link to this whole document with all the stuff, but then we'll link to this article in particular. Um, I won't go that much into it, but it is sort of interesting. Um, it's called Weihnachten unter dem Hakenkreuz. Um, it's all about how the Nazis sort of tried to alter and like rebrand Christmas and take away from some of the traditional Christian ideas and sort of instill like more um, more pagan rituals and things like that. And then how that how that played out and how they sort of ended up giving up on that as the war wore on. And then they wanted to uh, they wanted to then sort of go back to, to more traditional Christian things to get people fired up. But uh, apparently several Christmas songs were sort of de-Christianized at the time, and a few of those are still sung today. So um, quite, quite interesting, probably warrants a further investigation of yeah the, the, the Nazis' treatment of, of Christmas in general. But that's just on this theme. Um, like I said, we'll get into the actual scandals, but a quite interesting topic if someone wants to read that. Yeah, the push and, and pull of pagan... Christianity. Yeah, defending Western <laughs> Christian civilization, but also not fully embracing it at all. I looked ahead a at the more. second link, oh, yeah. and this bracelet's hilarious. Yeah, this Did one's pull really it funny. This is Redaktionsnetwerk Deutschland. Uh, we are talking now, this is in Hannover. This is a little bracelet dealer at the Christmas market there. Um, and he sells bracelets that have a swastika symbol. Hmm. You gotta pull up this link, everybody, because the bracelet's hideous. It's one of these like. It's really <laughs> ugly. Yeah. It's like it's, it's a very like winter Thailand ankle bracelet yeah. kind of thing. It's definitely a swastika. <laughs> it's definitely just one hundred percent a swastika. Yeah. Like the, you know the way less ambiguous than the New York Times crossword. This is just a straight up swastika. Oh yeah. And so. Udo Janssen, uh, he runs a stand with colorful gemstones and crystals and has been making money with it for about 20 years. He also sells bracelets with swastika symbols. Um, the Jewish community in Hanover is outraged. Fair enough. Um, he says, however, he doesn't see the, the right-wing connotations. He sees something different in the symbol. Um, so this is like, it's insane that anyone even tries to get away with this at this point. He says he follows the Hindu doctrine, and he says Hindus and Buddhists worship the swastika as a sun wheel and a symbol of luck and strength. I want to bring the ancient symbol back to its original meaning. The Nazis just misused it. And I feel like every like right-wing asshole who wants to do like a who-me kind of thing about this brings that up. Like Everybody knows where it came from, but everybody knows what it mainly means now. And it's uh, it's pretty crazy that this guy is is standing up for this. Well, and I'm, I just was reading further in the article, and like apparently he has been sort of prosecuted about this in the past, but he's like they've always dropped the proceedings because of this argument, and he claims that he's the only person in Germany who is allowed to sell the swastika, which just seems okay. If you're going to bat to that extent. <laughs> I just, I'm extremely suspicious and... If that's the hill you want to die on. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. I mean, I think I think most people listening to this will, will know um, that. But the, the swastika is, of course, banned in Germany and Austria since the war ended, basically, since 45. So this is like, this is not like a legal thing. It's not like bad taste. It's, it's actually not legal to do. Yeah. Also, like, I'm not saying this is the same thing. Like, obviously, the Nazis were worse. But if I have to listen to another German talk to me about Hinduism, I will top myself. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm sorry. Have you ever gone to a German language yoga course? It's so hard to concentrate. (laughs) The verbs just don't fit. The energy doesn't flow. And they do it with such confidence. They move through the space and the movements with such confidence that it's like I I had to stop. I couldn't stop laughing. It's funny. So even if he does believe this argument, even if his intentions are as pure as someone selling a swastika's intentions could be, which I'm not saying they can be. They are. <laughs> they can't. He's still a German talking about Hinduism, and that's kind of like shut up, man. Yeah, yeah. He's just definitely an annoying. Like he's either a Nazi or just really. Annoying. <laughs> 
in, in either case, just get out of the Christmas market, which luckily is what uh, market office manager uh, Mikhail Flor says. He's like, I don't really care if you have a special permission. We don't do swastikas at the Christmas market. Correct. Thank you, Herr Flor. That is correct. So, yeah, some more, um, more Nazi symbols. This is apparently a name of an actual place. Um, Eimsbüttel. Let me look up where Eimsbüttel is. Uh, and this okay. is also about is like Hamburg, Hanover area. We're we're really up in in that region today. Um. Anyway, yeah, that's basically like a part of Hamburg. So, what do we have here? Um, there's this is weird. I it's like the license plates on the cars on the carousel have nazi codes so the the number plate hh88 again I, I think very clear what cut <laughs> what again very clear cut like absolutely no doubt why would they allow it is that a little complicated plate? it's a little bit complicated HH because hh is also hansestadt hamburg exactly yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's like all the all the all the license plates in Hamburg say HH. Yeah. All right. Somebody's got to deal with it. Somebody's got to go to Hamburg and um, figure it out. I don't know. I feel uncomfortable. Like like HH. Again, I don't think this needs that much explaining. But just in case there's any lack of clarity, HH standing is like a Hitler thing. Which I guess you can't say. So probably cut that. Um it means I don't know. Like, can you say that in Germany? I don't know. We're talking but, um, about. I'm, I'm explaining it. what yeah. it means, and as as well as eighty-eight because because uh, eight is the H is the eighth letter of the alphabet. So uh, it's not great. They did remove them. The like, SPD guy asked them to change that. It does seem like a bit of a weird coincidence. Um, the D-Linka people in the area just want their license of the whole carousel to be removed. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a weird situation. I don't know. Like, I think it's strange that the carousel cars have license plates. Like, they don't need. Well, to they have, have to get places, Isaac. They but have one to. One of their cars, not ponies. No, the like the big the entire carousel. Where do you think it goes? It's it's a car. No, but these are the license plates on the cars on the carousel. Like they don't need license plates. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought it was like the anhänger, no. like to carry the carousel. I think like the German love for cars is better. Okay, <laughs> okay. So, so it's not justified. Like the HH on every license plate is just because they're given out that way. But this one, it was a creative plates. choice. It's yeah. spoke manufacturing. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Got That's it. why it's actually scandalous. Like it's not just like some bureaucrat like just didn't rearrange the numbers right. Like it's. They actually chose, like, someone was designing the license plate and was like, mm, I think HH88 would be suitable for this this car on the carousel. Carousels do have to be stored. I, I don't know. It's like it, some of this stuff, it feels like when you're when you're looking into it in Germany, it feels like you're being insane and conspiratorial. But because there are so many restrictions on what you can say, it's like if you're not looking under every rock and looking for these hidden meanings, you're not going to find it because people can only communicate in hidden meanings. So it's like... It feels like you're be like you're reading between the lines too much, but you sort of have to, or else you'll miss it. Yeah, yeah, because they've already done away with all the obvious symbolism. Like they've already skimmed that. I guess I guess except the bracelets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just I just love Hinduism, bro. Oh my god. So yeah, that's I think that's mostly what we have. Oh wait, no, we've got one more. I think. Okay, we've just like we've got one more, uh, we've got one more Nazi thing, and then and then one more. This is in Worms, which is uh, just another great German city name. Just literally looks like Worms, as it's spelled. But so at the the the, the Worms Christmas market, a member of the far right Nazi scene used a stall rented by the city to sell wooden swords with Nazi slogans. Oh God, what is up with yeah. these people? Oh. But because I think it's like it, it ties back to that first article that I mentioned, which is like the sort of like pagan rituals in this. So I feel like this like draws a kind of like 
a, like a Nazi energy to it for some reason. Obviously, I'm not saying like Christmas markets in general are Nazi. They're, they're typically quite nice. But there's a bunch of weirdos that seem drawn to the scene to like spread their ideology. Um, so, yeah, apparently like neo-Nazis come through this Christmas market quite frequently. And yeah, they're trying to spread Nazi propaganda to kids through the market stalls. Pretty bad. Good lord. So wait, what are the methods of propaganda? Are we talking like skits? Are they doing... Well, here it says they're literally using like, they're like NPD flyers being distributed at the yeah. Christmas markets. Oh. Yeah. That's... Two kids. Can they read? Yeah. <laughs> That's rough. There's a, this there's one's a, a little the, the, the one before that, was uh, the most tenuous, but this one this one's like the the least this one's the most obvious. They're just like actual Nazis. Yo. Um, yeah. That's fucking bleak, man. Also quite bullshit. Yeah. Printed material can be used in court. Definitely. As can your carousel that says <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there's, a, there's like a Somewhat pl- plausible deniability with that, but so like, they they ended this and they said political ideology has Hamburg no place Hamburg. In whatsoever, so no one can have any kind of political content whatsoever at the Christmas market. So, do you guys know what a? This is actually the direct like I couldn't find a good translation of this. It's just the direct um, thing. Do you know uh, what a Madahund is? No. A raccoon dog? That's actually that. That's actually not a clunky translation. That's just what they're called. Oh God! Oh yeah, I mean, it looks like a raccoon crossed with a dog. <laughs> it, it's it's a good name for it. Yeah, it's like it's it's wait, not so one of those like weird clunky see. German compound nouns where you're like, wait, why did you just put those two things together? It's just it's fully a half it. dog or half raccoon like, in, in my eyes. I like raccoons too. Look at that one. It looks like a raccoon crossed with oh a dog. Oh my god, I don't even want to look at that thing. That's not, I love they're, raccoons. They're kind of cute. No, know. that they're thing okay. is. Anyway, um, well, I guess the level of sympathy we have for them is relevant to the story oh. because <laughs> the scandal. Again, um, we're at the Hamburg City Hall one, and apparently they were selling their skins there. Their um, skins or their pelts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their, their pelts. So, un, sort of un, um, unregistered. I guess it's not, it's not illegal generally, but it's not allowed at the Christmas market. They, they don't want to do this because there's a lot of people... Lobbying against it, and um, yeah, there's they're trying to pass a whole ordinance that would ban all animal fur, and uh, even I guess even the CDU is against it. So wait, against the ordinance to ban? So no, they're... even against against. Yeah, I don't even know who's for it except this one business guy. So this is T online, and sounds like he's going down. I wonder how much of this opposition though is the fact that they have got or dog in their name. Yeah. I'm like looking up their genus and species and they are actually just a really weird fucking fox. Yeah, it's like a fox. <laughs> like if it was fox fur, would people be so outraged? Maybe. I don't know. The whole thing gives me the heebie-jeebies. As a it's not good. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't support it. But I didn't want to end on Nazis. This is still a little dark. But it's like... It's not that bad, um, but apparently it's a hard sell in the Senate because um, often the freedom of trade outweighs animal welfare. So, can you imagine how mad Christian Linder would be if that law passed or the ordinance passed? I think his girlfriend would get really mad at him, or his wife, whatever she is now. She seems like she would be a big, uh, a big connoisseur of fur products. Google. Why are you looking? Look at Isaac. I'm sorry. What are you googling? I'm just looking up what raccoon dog fur looks. Can you see that? Just Uh, wearing a beautiful raccoon dog fur coat. It just looks like a Bulgarian music video. (laughs) (laughs) Look up Dagmar Rosenfeld Linda. Oh me! Oh, you're the one with the laptop. His his previous wife looks even more 
Uh, wait, no. Oh, no, no. Sorry. That's his ex-wife. This is Francisca Lefeld's the new wife. Okay, they're also an invasive species across Europe. They're oh, from South Asia. here we go. Here's the truth. Like, okay, listen. They're from Southeast Asia, um, and they have been essentially introduced to most of Europe from, like, essentially Ukraine to France. The European Union is trying to ban the import-export breeding and conservation of them because they are potentially dangerous, invasive species. Um, because they are omnivorous and eat everything. Uh, they seem particularly... <laughs> they seem particularly interested on... Um, Migrating birds, uh, non-migrating birds, amphibians, um, rodents, <laughs> fruits, nuts, and berries, reptiles, They're mollusks. hungry, hungry, hungry. These, okay, to be honest, maybe we should not ban the pelts because we these seem like a nuisance. Yeah. And we're just using... I'm this not is where some of this like animal rights stuff goes too far because sometimes you just got to hunt the... The raccoon dogs that I hadn't heard of until (laughs) today. (laughs) Okay, so we're coming out. uh, We're coming out as pro money laundering and pro animal fur. Okay, this is a good episode. This is we're getting ready for the new year with some new perspectives. That is that is number eighteen. You'll have to wait. It's a long, excruciating march to opening all of your advent calendar all the way up to number (laughs) twenty-four. You're gonna have to wait for next year. But there is something that I think is important um, because I would also level this complaint. Maybe the management is just a little too tired. This is an OP online. This is not one of the official ones. I just, another thing I found that I thought we should add in. Stand operators and visitors see room for improvement at the Hainer Christmas market. Okay. So not Michelle my Christmas market. are running a Christmas market. <laughs> and apparently... Um, it sucks. <laughs> it's in dry, dry eich. Uh, the start is bleak. The number of visitors is very manageable. The wet and cold weather drizzle may continue. And only a few visitors sip mold wine or a bratwurst. Um, because to word Christian hasn't even gotten around that it's opened yet. All new beginnings are difficult. So basically, in this little town, they like have power outages, and they like put it in a bad part of the town where people didn't even know it was there, and it was hard to find. And... Um, yeah, the Hainer Christmas market. It's not doing well. So well, it's not the fault of that. Hainer is bad weather and the energy crisis. Or is it? Yeah. Would you? Uh, I, um, I don't know. All I'm going to say is that if I see people. the name of my co host on an article about a Christmas market that sucks, <laughs> and I'm going to bring it up. True. What were you going to say, Nathan? I'm so sorry. Better I'm still on the raccoon dogs. <laughs> Nathan's still raccooning. Trostin, like Christian Trostin, thinks that raccoon dogs are part of how we get SARS. All right. Cancel the raccoon dogs. <laughs> get him out of here. No, no pelts. Wait, Wait, are we Trostin stands? Are we Trostin stands on this? No, oh. but I'm, I think I'm a raccoon dog hater. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. What country was it? Was it Denmark that just like burned a bunch of like ferrets? Oh yeah, because they like they they did like a mink genocide. (laughs) Yeah, mink. They did a mink genocide. (laughs) That was horrifying. I had a uh, Danish roommate at the time, and and she just like million. Yes, (laughs) a lot of mink. (laughs) And she. Like, my Danish roommate at the time was just like, oh, it's crazy what's happening in my country. (laughs) This was like the first season of the pandemic. It was crazy what was happening everywhere. I know. Incredible. But she was like, why are people talking about this? I feel like the Scandinavian countries are low-key just, like, good at murdering animals. Like, what was the Swedes that just gunned down all those chimps in the street? That made me really sad. How about the fish? It was like back-to-back days where the fish tank blew up I was gonna say and thousands was of fish, fish died and then they were just going on a killing spree of chimps in the street in, in Sweden. Fish, also very Wild. sad. I mean, the chimps, it's also like, oh my god, I thought I thought Scandinavians loved unions. When faced <laughs> with one at a zoo, <laughs> suddenly it's like, okay, let's get out the big guns. Kind of like, mm, chill out, man. <laughs> so true. All right, does that uh, 
wrap things up for this year's Christmas markets. I think that's good for Christmas market 13. Oh, Nathan, wait, we should ask Nathan, do you have anything to plug? Obviously, Nathan, Nathan has, has had some developments in the past year and, uh, do I have anything to plug? Um, I am available on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and Substack, and I do think I've got a Tumblr account. I cannot remember the passwords. So try to find it. <laughs> um, no, I don't have. I'm not working on anything exciting. But uh, keep your eyes opened. Do you want? Know, do you want to share the your gift guide at all? Would you? Or is that is that full by? I think the gift guide might be over. I think I'm just going to publish it free. By the time you're listening to this podcast, you can check out my Twitter at. Oh, N-T-H-N-A-S-H-M-A, or at Furniture for All on Twitter or Instagram. By the time you're listening to this, I will probably have just made the public, uh, the gift guide I collected for the holiday season, open access so you can shop away to your heart's desire. I mean, you also are an important, some may say, vital resource to the Berlin community during holiday times. In what way? Oh, yes. Um, If you're tuning into this conversation from Berlin, feel free to join my Telegram group. It's called Berlin Shopping Hours, and I have blocked everyone who's not me from messaging it. Um, This channel will only be used to share updates on when shops are and are not opened here in Berlin. I'll get someone to add it to the show notes. Join. It'll be fun. If not, at least informational. It's very helpful. Follow it Nathan. Follow Furniture for All. Nathan is um, fairly directly responsible for furnishing basically my entire apartment with uh, with links to eBay Klein and Zagen finds. So definitely, definitely follow all those things. And thank you for coming back on, Nathan, and, and discussing the... Uh, the many, the many dark secrets of of all those beautiful little Christmas lights. That we Thank see. you for having me. I love a scandal. <laughs> all right. We will see you guys uh, probably in the new year with new content, and of course, see you this time next year for more Christmas market scandals. Um, Merry Christmas, everybody, and Happy New Year. And a good, guten Rutsch in the Later. in the new year. Tschüss. <laughs> Tschüss. Tschüss.